All right, so it is really exciting to be able to uh, continue to open up the Word with you this morning and uh, see what God has for us. Um, I, I, God's been really uh, working on my heart about this message for a long time, and uh, it, it just, I believe that God had this timing uh, planned and that this is exactly what God wanted for us this morning. We're going to be looking at a guy named Zacchaeus and his encounter with Jesus Christ. Now, if I asked you this morning, the first thing you think about when you hear Zacchaeus, we probably wouldn't get past a few different things. Okay, go ahead and comment what you think about. Okay, but I think we wouldn't get past the fact that Zacchaeus is recorded to be a very short person. Okay, most of us probably grew up in a Sunday school setting or learning about Zacchaeus as a kid, and we sung that song about how Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. So we know Zacchaeus was not a very tall guy, okay? Uh, most of us would uh, associate Zacchaeus with climbing up into the sycamore tree, okay? We know that he climbed up a tree, so we know his hobbies right off bad. Tree climbing fanatic, okay? Not a very tall guy. He likes to climb trees, right? And most of us would know that Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Now, this meant that his pockets were probably stuffed full of money, probably about as wide as he was tall. <laughs> so Zacchaeus was a very wealthy guy. Uh, we know he was short, and we know later in the story he climbs a tree to try to see who Jesus is. Now, uh, when I started dating my wife in high school, my view of Zacchaeus, when I heard the word, changed a little bit because uh, her family dog was named Zacchaeus. So uh, I don't know how well you guys can see it on the live stream, but Zacchaeus is just the best boy ever. Let's see some more pictures. Look at that guy. That's what I think about when I see Zacchaeus. Oh, look at that guy. <laughs> but most of us wouldn't get past a few of these things when we hear the word Zacchaeus. We think about him being short, him climbing a tree, how he's a tax collector. But I want us to really focus in this morning on just how huge this story of Zacchaeus is, how big this story of a little man really is. We're going to be in uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, if you're reading along with us at home. If not, we'll, we're going to have the scripture up here. Uh, we'll have everything you need right here, but we'd love for you to read along with us wherever you are this morning. Now, before we get into the reading, I need you to know, the meeting between Zacchaeus and Jesus was so unlikely and unexpected. Okay, this was a collision of two hot topics in the day. You had Jesus, who was this awe-inspiring teacher, who was speaking with authority in the temples to religious leaders, who was performing miracles. He had become a very controversial figure. And then you have Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector. And tax collectors were absolutely the most hated people in this day and age. Tax collectors were known for taking uh, way more money than they actually needed and then taking more after that to pocket for their own gain and profit. Okay, tax collectors were not liked. They were despised. Zacchaeus would have probably been one of the most hated people in this city. Okay, so we're seeing a collision of two very different people in this story. But we're going to see what happens when their paths merge together here in this story. So we're going to open up reading uh, in the uh, Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. It's going to be our first uh, passage of reading. It says, He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. So he was very wealthy. 
And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. So Jesus had just entered this crowd, uh, or the city of Jericho, and the crowd began to form. Now, if you're familiar with reading through the Gospels, this seems to happen everywhere Jesus goes, right? The paparazzi follows him, people know he's coming, and people get excited, and these big crowds begin to form. And Zacchaeus is curious too, but when you're as small as Zacchaeus and as hated as Zacchaeus was, it was not going to be easy to see Jesus. See, some of my shorter friends watching, I believe that some of you guys have uh, learned the tactics to getting to the front of a crowd or seeing through people. And some of you guys have probably got really good at maneuvering through crowds to get to the front. I know my wife is much smaller than I am. And uh, when we're moving through a crowd trying to get somewhere, uh, we try to stay together, but she can just fit in all these little holes and crevices that, that I can't fit through. And I end up losing her and uh, most of the time staying in the back of a crowd. Uh, but some of you guys, you've, you've probably learned how to maneuver to the front of a crowd or ask people politely, hey, you know, I'm not a, a very tall person. Can you maybe scoot over a little bit and let me see the movie or the parade or whatever it is you're doing? But we've got to keep in mind, this is a very different case with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was not liked by anyone, okay? His uh, reputation as a tax collector meant all he really cared about was money. He didn't care about friendship. He didn't care about his family, and it would not have been an easy thing for him to get to the front of a crowd. I imagine if he had tried to get through, he probably would have bounced around like he was in a pinball machine, and he would have got hip-checked in the face every step he took. Uh, it would not have been a pretty situation for Zacchaeus. So his reputation and his exclusion from society pushed him up into a tree to see who Jesus was. Now we're going to pick back up in verses 5 through 7 here, if you're reading along. It says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received Jesus in joyfully. And when they saw it, when the crowd saw this, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. The crowd was not having this. So Zacchaeus found this comfortable spot in a tree where he could uh, avoid the judgmental scoffs and, and the dirty looks and, uh, you know, getting thrown around and beat up in a crowd. And he found a place up in a tree, somewhere he could be comfortable, uh, somewhere he could uh, avoid the crowd and get to see this Jesus that everybody was talking about. But Jesus had better plans for Zacchaeus. See, in a serious plot twist here, we saw Jesus stops what he's doing and he looks right up, right at Zacchaeus. I imagine he felt like a deer in headlights, just frozen with shock and fear when this controversial figure named Jesus looked up and called his name. But Jesus told Zac to hurry down, get out of the tree, because I've got to go spend time with you, Zacchaeus. I'm inviting myself to your house. I want you to take me in. I want to spend time with you. And we saw this didn't sit well with everyone else. The Bible says when the crowd saw that Jesus gave his time to this sinful man, this man with a reputation like his, they were furious. They were angry. They started gossiping and complaining about this. But we're going to see how this, this account finishes up in verses 8 through 10. It says, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, 
Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I love the way this passage focuses on this instant change after Zacchaeus meets with Jesus. See, we don't even know anything about the meeting. All we know is that it happened. We know that Jesus went to the house of Zacchaeus. We don't get any details. We don't know anything about what the conversation was like, right? So we're kind of left in the dark there. But we know that uh, whatever happened, it had produced this evident shift in the heart of Zacchaeus. He had encountered Jesus, and he was never going to be the same again. See, he stands up and he tells Jesus that half of everything he owned, he would give to those in need. And that anyone he had stolen from or ripped off or defrauded, he was going to pay them back times four. See, after this, Jesus proclaimed that salvation had come to Zacchaeus because Jesus had come to the earth to seek and to save the lost. So now that we're kind of caught up on this story and what this encounter looks like, exactly what happened here in Luke 19, verses 1 through 10, I'd love for us to just focus in for a short while on this one central topic, that topic being generosity. Generosity. See, the shift of Zacchaeus' heart in this passage could not have been more extreme. He couldn't have gone from one polar opposite to another more than he just did. See, we watched a money-hungry, materialistic, wealthy man become uh, this biblical example of joyous giving and generosity after this one brief encounter with Jesus. See, we talked about the things that we think about when we hear the the name Zacchaeus. We talked about, you know, we immediately think of him being a a smaller person and climbing a tree and uh, being a tax collector and things like that. But that Zacchaeus that we start with at the beginning of this passage isn't the same person we're seeing here at the end of the story. He's a very different person after he meets Jesus. See, he's experienced something that he cannot ignore, right? His heart became one of giving and generosity when before it was one of selfishness. He became this enthusiastic giver. And but, but look at this, we cannot miss the reason why. I don't want to just focus on Zacchaeus as a generous person today. Obviously, we see this shift in his heart where he went from selfish and greedy to generous, but I don't want us to miss the reason why this shift happened in his heart. Zacchaeus became generous because he experienced a generous God. Zacchaeus became generous because he experienced a generous God. See, knowing Jesus changes us. It changes everything to our core. See, when we realize how generous God's been to us, how much he loves us, how much mercy he's given us, how much grace he shows us, it's far easier to extend love and grace and mercy and generosity to other people. And that's what happened here. See, Zacchaeus experienced the generosity of Jesus, and he couldn't help but extend it outwardly. Now, why is this? I think it's because the character of God experienced inwardly should always become the character of God extended outwardly. The character of God experienced inwardly 
should always become the character of God extended outwardly. When you understand how much God loves you, it becomes second nature to love other people. When you understand how forgiven you've been, how much grace has been bestowed on you, despite all of your sin, it's far easier to forgive others, to show others grace in their problems. See, that's what we see with Zacchaeus. He ran into this generous Savior, and it rocked his entire world. And I'd like for us to look at three ways in this passage that we see the generosity of Jesus on display. Because Zacchaeus had this shift in his heart, but I believe it's because of the generosity of Jesus Christ that was evident in his life. So I'd love for us to look very briefly at three ways that God's generosity is on display here in this passage. The first thing is that he seeks us out. God seeks us out. We saw at the end of this account, uh, Jesus says he came to seek and to save the lost. Now, do not miss the magnitude of this wherever you are today. Think about this. Jesus left the throne to come to this sinful world and put on flesh to seek and to save the lost. Not because he was obligated to, not because you and I deserved it or because Zacchaeus deserved it, because we definitely do not deserve it, but because he chooses to seek and to save you because he loves you. See, this was his purpose for coming, to seek and to save lost sinners so that God would be glorified through that process. See, Jesus didn't come to be popular among the crowds, okay, or to build a great reputation with the religious scholars of the day or the political leaders or anybody like that. He came to seek and save you and I from the depths of our sin. See, Zacchaeus, as a tax collector, he was viewed as no more than a dirty animal by people in the society. People thought very little of him, and he was seen as the worst of the worst. Okay, people would have viewed him as the most sinful of all sinners, and there were very few people who would have been hated more than Zacchaeus was. See, the people in the crowd probably thought that Jesus was coming to save them from people like Zacchaeus, right? But the truth is that the, everyone else in the crowd was just as lost and doomed in their, in their sin and their problems as Zacchaeus was. See, they labeled the sins of a tax collector to be far worse than the sins of others. And I think you and I tend to do the same thing to other people. We like to kind of minimize our sins and uh, justify our smaller personal sins, right? We all tend to do that. But the truth is we can't measure sin by how much it offends us. We need to realize that all sin is offensive to a perfect and holy and righteous God. And all of our sin is severe in comparison to his holiness. See, Jesus came to seek and to save the worst of the worst. And guys like Zach were no exception. And people like you and people like we, me were no exception either. Romans 5.8 says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's a generous love. Through seeking and saving someone like Zacchaeus, his generosity was put on display for all of us to see. See, Romans 5.8 says, again, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't ask Zacchaeus or you or I to become more perfect or a little bit less sinful or a little bit better no, while we were sinners, Christ came to seek and save the lost. 
See, Zacchaeus thought as he climbed up in this tree that he was the one seeking, that he was the one seeking for something. But Trevin Wax uh, breaks down this dynamic between Zacchaeus and Jesus in an article in which he states this. He says, Jesus called his name. Jesus looked past the crowd. Jesus looked past the indignity of a man who's up in a tree. He looked past the sinful reputation of this wee little man. And he said, come down because I'm going to stay with you. See, Zacchaeus didn't invite Jesus over. Jesus invited himself in. He took the initiative. The story starts with a small S seeker, who is Zacchaeus, but it becomes clear that there's another dynamic in play here. The seeker has become the sought. There's a capital S seeker, the savior. And the story isn't focused primarily on Zacchaeus as the seeker, but Jesus. And that's why Luke ends this section with the words about Jesus. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Jesus is the real seeker in this story. He showed us generosity. He showed Zacchaeus generosity, and he shows you and I generosity by, by being a Savior who comes to seek and save lost sinners like you and like me. Now, the second point I'd like to hit, the second way that uh, God shows us generosity in this story, in this account with Zacchaeus, is that he brings our hearts to life. He brings our hearts to life. See, looking back at, at the end of our reading, we saw that Zacchaeus was a totally different person after his encounter with Jesus than he was before. See, being in the presence of Jesus had done something to his heart. It was transformed, made new, changed forever. See, this is because the gospel of Jesus is big news, and that requires a big response of us. See, the gospel is big news, and it requires a big response, like we saw of Zacchaeus here. The gospel is this crazy truth that brings our dead hearts to life in newness of him. See, God stepped down from his throne to earth to be with sinners like you and me and Zacchaeus. And this is big news. This is not something we can react to casually or in a, a minimal way. If you really believe this in your heart that the God of the universe sent his son to die on the cross for you and for me, this is big news and it's going to require a big response out of our life. And that's what we see here in Zacchaeus. It became very real for him. We see this big response to big news called the gospel. See, Zacchaeus' response assures us this, that a genuine encounter with Jesus changes everything. A genuine encounter with Jesus changes everything. This was a man who was known for his greed and he became an enthusiastic giver. It was a tax collector who loved materialistic possessions so much that he was willing to sacrifice having friends and family and loved ones. He was willing to embrace loneliness and a life uh, of a hated man. But instead he became a living example of generosity here in the Gospel of Luke. Zacchaeus went from being a lover of money to being a lover of people. Giving became far more important than collecting. He went from being a lover of money to a lover of people. His priorities changed. The shift of his heart and his mind and his life had radically changed. Zacchaeus had been collecting and collecting for so long 
But in these few short moments with Jesus, he turned from that instantly. See, Zacchaeus' repentance was evident through his life and in his actions. He suddenly gets all giddy and excited about the idea of giving almost everything he had away. This is a total shift from this man that we started the story with. And this is what repentance looks like. See, repentance is not just telling God you're sorry and that you'll try harder not to sin in the future. Repentance is this radical act of turning from your sin and following Jesus with your whole self. It's more than just a sorry, I'll try to do better next time. No, repentance is resting on the righteousness of Christ in your life and not what you can do. It's turning from your sin and running towards Christ who clothes us in righteousness that we could never earn ourselves. See, when we truly believe the gospel, I think we should see this similar, uh, similar change to this in our hearts and in our lives. If you believe the gospel, it's going to show in your life, not just in your words or your ver- verbal testimony. It's going to show in everything that you do every single day. See, what you spend your life doing reflects what's really important to you. Okay, A life that does not reflect a changed heart speaks far louder than the claims of your tongue or what you can type on a keyboard every day. I love the fact that Jesus affirms that salvation had come to Zacchaeus after he recognizes this genuine repentance and heart change. See, the Bible is very clear that a believer is going to exhibit fruits of the Spirit, that good works are going to flow out of the believer. They're going to accompany your faith and your salvation the same way we see with Zacchaeus here. See, James 2.17 says that faith without works is dead. Now, let me be very clear here. The Bible does not teach that faith plus works equals salvation or that your works are going to earn you salvation anyway. Your works are not the root of your salvation. They are the fruit of your salvation. Okay, your, your good works are not something that you need to earn God's approval or favor. There's something that's going to flow out of the life of a believer, out of your abundance of love for Jesus Christ. See, Martin Luther says it like this. He says, we are saved by faith alone, not by our works, but by faith alone. But the faith that saves is never alone. I've heard Robbie Zacharias say it this way. He says, morality is not the means to our salvation, but morality is the proof of our salvation. See, in an encounter with Jesus, Zach saw generosity embodied by Jesus and couldn't help but become more generous. Generosity received became generosity extended outward. It changed him, uh, this meeting with Jesus, in a way uh, that the law never could, or a self-help book or seminar, or just waking up every day and saying, I'm going to try harder, and I'm going to try harder, and I'm going to try harder. And you and I, most of us get caught up in these, uh, these different uh, quick fixes and things that we're, we think are going to fix our hearts and, and help us uh, refrain from sin and things like that. But none of them are really going to prove to be effective. The only thing that can bring your dead heart to life is a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, Zacchaeus met Jesus, and the change was supernatural. Encountering Jesus for who he really is can never be a casual event. It was far from casual in this story. It can never be a casual event. 
right? Because if Jesus is who he says he was, and this good news of the gospel is true, it's got to change everything. And it did for Zacchaeus. See, God showed his generosity by renewing a dead and broken heart in Zacchaeus. And he generously offers the same for you and for me and for all of mankind, if we would accept that. It's our third and final point that we're going to hit about how God showed us generosity in this story with Zacchaeus is that he takes our place. So we saw that he seeks us, he brings our hearts new life, and that he takes our place. I've listened to a lot of different pastors over the years articulate the gospel in simple and concise terms and try to explain it the best way they can in a a very simple and concise way. And uh, one of my favorite ways that I've heard over the years, uh, and this has just been so heavy on my heart since I heard this, it stuck with me. Someone said the gospel is this, the gospel is Jesus in my place. The gospel is Jesus in my place. See, the substitution of Jesus to pay the price for my sins, that's something I will never fully be able to wrap my mind around. That's something I could never truly understand. It was the most unfair trade that has ever been made. The most uneven swap. Some people long ago called it the great exchange. Okay, Jesus Christ's righteousness for our sins. See, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this. It's my favorite verse of all time. It says, He became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. He became our sin. And in exchange, we get to be seen as righteous in the eyes of God the Father. If you are in Christ, when God sees you, He sees the righteousness of His Son. See, if you look forward a few chapters from Luke 19 and arrive to Luke chapter 23, you arrive at the crucifixion. There's a beautiful correlation between this account with Zacchaeus and the crucifixion that I do not want us to miss this morning. See, in Luke 19, we see a sinful, shameful, hated, despised man named Zacchaeus, was called down out of a tree to be in the presence of royalty with Jesus Christ. Just a short while after this, a few chapters later, Jesus was put on a tree to take on the sin and the shame of Zacchaeus and all of mankind. See, Jesus looked up to a tree and had compassion for a man who was lost in his sin and his shame and his selfishness. He saw a man who was pushed away, a man who had become an outcast in society. See, God was generous to Zacchaeus by taking his place here. He offered him kindness and mercy and a relationship that changed everything. And then Jesus went on to the cross as an outcast, to be hated, to be spit on, to be mocked, to be persecuted, and to be hung in a tree. All of this for Zacchaeus, for you, and for me. See, I want to challenge you this morning. There might be some of you watching, and you've been hiding in a tree with your sins and your shame for so long. 
Maybe with your pride. Maybe with your addiction. Maybe it's with a sexual sin. Whatever that is for you this morning, I believe some of you have been hiding in a tree because of your sin and your shame, and you've been looking at Jesus from a distance for quite some time now. I believe there are people watching who are in that situation. You're in your tree this morning, and you're watching from a distance, and you just know you can't get close enough because of your failures, because of your problems, your flaws, your insecurities, your shame. You're looking at a distance, but Jesus wasn't content with Zacchaeus looking from a distance, hiding in a tree behind his sin and his shame. He called his name and called him out of that tree and invited himself in with Zacchaeus. The Bible says he joyfully accepted, and that encounter with Jesus changed everything in the life of Zacchaeus. See, Jesus shows us generosity by taking our place. He was crucified with the weight of your sin and your shame. And now he wants you to live a life free in his love if you would only accept it. I want to challenge you this morning. Get out of that tree. See, Jesus went to the cross, was hung in a tree so that you could come down. He took on the weight of your sin and shame. Like 2 Corinthians says, he became our sin. All of the weight of your sin and shame he took upon himself on the cross. Get out of that tree this morning and accept that just like Jesus took the place of a sinner like Zacchaeus, he did the same for you. Uh, We're going to invite Phil up here in just a moment. Uh, I'm going to close in prayer, and he's going to lead us uh, through a time of reflection and response. Um, Again, we're, we're so happy that we could worship together this morning. My prayer is that this word would be uh, engraved in our hearts, that it would push us to action, and that it would, it would allow us to um, just further rest in the grace that God offers us. God, thank you so much again for this uh, opportunity to be here this morning, worshiping together uh, in our different homes, in our different environments, wherever we are across the city, across the county. God, thank you for uniting this church on your word, on your promises, and who you are. God, we know you are sovereign in the midst of all our circumstances. God, help us to shift our eyes this morning to the generosity that you showed us, that you were generous through seeking us out to seek and save lost people like us, that you were generous through bringing our hearts, our dead hearts to life, and help us to just rest on this this truth that you were generous in uh, offering your son for us, that you were Uh, substituted for us. God, thank you again. Continue to work in our hearts as, uh, as the surface goes on this morning. We thank you for all that you've done, Lord. In your own prayer.